Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, it's an absolute honor to be able to preach on the first Sunday of 2020. Uh, and I just have a feeling that God's going to do some cool stuff tonight. Um, because whether you like it or not, uh, the new year tends to be that time when you get all reflective, you get all nostalgic. Whether you like it or not, it just happens. I mean, already tonight, how many people have said Happy New Year to you? How many people have said that how good is it we're in a new year? It, it's just one of those things that whether you like it or not, it just happens. But the cool thing is when we walk with Jesus, it doesn't actually matter what we've been through or even what we're facing, but we can walk in hope with Jesus. Anyone with me tonight? And as one of the prophets encourages us after he himself carries an understanding of complete loss in Lamentations, Jeremiah says this, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends, his mercies never cease, great is his faithfulness, his mercies begin afresh each morning, not just every year, but each morning. Who needs that? I'm in that boat. I'm in that boat. Every morning, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in Him. I will hope in Him. Hope. It's an important part of our lives because it's the thing that gets us out of bed in the morning because it's the hope that something is going to happen. Because if you're anything like me, I've had a, a few days off and it gets to the point where you don't know what day it is and there's really not a lot of reason to get up out of bed. Because there's no real hope that anything of significance is going to happen. And sometimes that's okay, but look, I wouldn't encourage it too often. Hope. We need hope. And I want to encourage you tonight, regardless of what has been or what is, or even what worry and fear are trying to convince you is ahead, we can hope in the one who will never leave us or forsake us, who gives life and life to the full, who has plans to prosper, not to harm, because if he is for us, who can stand against us? Does anyone have hope in this place tonight? It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that tonight you would stir us up at the start of this new year and you would teach us to hope, to hope again, to hope more, to, to, to rest in the assurance we have that you not only can move in our lives, but you will move in our lives. I pray that you would stir us up tonight as we open your word. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Well, I've entitled this message tonight, if you're taking notes, things hoped for, things hoped for. And I want to start off in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and it says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a well-known verse, classic memory verse material, but it, it, it's a powerful verse. And tonight I want to unpack it just a little bit and, and just... I just have on my heart tonight that regardless of disappointments or things that we look back at and sigh a little bit, God wants to, one, bring healing, and he wants to start to prepare us to hope again in 2020. Now, I don't mean just believe that he exists, but I mean hope that he is for us and not against us. Hope that he can move through and will move through our lives. And so as we unpack this tonight, I kind of want to 
take a moment to just look at it. If we could put it up on the screen for a second, Geordie, that'd be awesome, this verse. Because what we see is now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Now that word substance is an important one because it kind of ties the whole thing together. Because the, the word itself is hypostasis, and it makes me sound really smart saying that. Uh, but basically what it means is to place under, or you could say it's the foundation. And so what we see straight off the bat is this pattern where, if we could put the next one up, where hope is actually resting on the foundation of faith. I think we have a diagram. It'll come up surely because I love diagrams. If you get to know me, there you go. It's a simple one. But I want to highlight because the whole message, the whole encouragement tonight is the fact that hope is actually built on faith. So we're going to start a little bit with this word faith, and we're going to unpack this a little bit. Uh, now, I'm not really one uh, for reading. I, I do it, but I don't like it because I'm really slow at reading. So when I read, I spend more time counting how many pages until the next chapter than I actually do reading. Is anyone else in that boat tonight? Because you just need that sense of accomplishment. That's why audio books are kind of good, because you can see how much time is left fairly quickly. But if I'm reading a book, then I have to constantly check how much longer till um, the ad break or the next chapter. And so what I found in high school and even past that with summaries, love a good book summary. Um, English wasn't my favorite subject, and I don't think I ever finished, if you're in school, just ignore this next bit, I don't think I ever finished a book in school, uh, because what I found fairly quickly were the summaries, and through the summaries, I was equipped fairly well to then complete what I was required to complete. That's not a good example if you're taking notes and still in school, just don't include that bit. But the thing is, you don't pay for summaries, you don't pay for notes, you pay for the book. Because what you lose in a summary is the depth of the book. And so you actually pay for the depth that's in the book, where the summary misses so much. And what I want to challenge you tonight, first off, is not to cheapen your faith. Not to cheapen your faith, because the world would like to convince us that, and often would describe faith as a belief that God exists. A belief that God exists. And if we cheapen our faith and our understanding of faith and what it means in our lives to that fact, we're, we're, we're cheapening our whole Christian experience because it basically sets us up to not need to take responsibility for anything in that. And God doesn't need to take responsibility and we don't really need to expect anything from him. It's just a mutual agreement. We know that God exists. If that's, the, if that's our faith, then we start to look at that diagram and think, okay, if we just believe God exists, hoping kind of doesn't fit in the picture at all because we've cheapened our faith to the point that it doesn't have any power because all we're saying is God exists. And you think, oh, well, that's an obvious one. It's like, yeah, but I was wrestling with this one for the last little while and it actually sneaks in a little easier than you think. What is your faith? I believe that God exists. It's like, no, no, no. It's way deeper than that. Because faith in this context, in this verse, and pretty much through the entire New Testament, isn't just talking about the existence of God. It's talking about a revelation of where we stand in relationship to God. See, you see how much you can miss if it's just God exists. And so 
once we get a revelation of where we stand with God, then faith, instead of just being God exists, turns into something much deeper. It turns into an understanding that I was born distant from God, and through Jesus, I can now be made close to God, made right in His eyes, and adopted in as His child. That's faith. And now you can see the difference when we start to build hope on that layer, just how much more powerful faith is when we don't cheapen it. Because we need a revelation of how we actually sit in his eyes. See, that's how we're saved by faith and faith alone. Because we're not saved by accepting God exists. We are saved by the revelation that we are born separated and Jesus has now come to restore us to the Father who loved us, who adopted us in, who made a way for us and can do all things as promised in his word. Come on, someone get excited tonight. See, that's faith. That's faith. It's not just enough to believe he exists, but we need to understand where we stand in relation to the Father, a Father who loves us. So the second thing I notice in this scripture is faith and hope are distinctively different and equally as important. Because where we have faith, it can basically say that, okay, it's a belief that God can or that he could. He has the power to. That's what faith says. It's, all right, I know where I stand with God. And because of that, I know he could move in my world. I know that he can move in my world. I grew up in church. I grew up my entire life knowing that God is awesome. He's all-powerful. He created the universe. And he could at any moment move in my life when I really needed something. But hope... Hope takes it one step further to say, God will move. He will move. So we can have faith, but not have hope. And that doesn't really allow us to walk in the promises of God because faith is the foundation that hope is then built on. And hope doesn't just say that he can. We need faith for that. But hope says that he will. It's an expectation that he will move. I went to the cricket the other week. Love summer. Love cricket. Come on. There's at least one out there who can stand cricket. Come on. See, whether you like it or not, you can, you can relate to me here. Just indulge me for a second uh, because I need some support because my team in the Big Bash right now has lost like five or six games in a row, and it's a hard time for me right now. Um, yeah, come on, Renegades. Um, but we were at the game, and the thing about cricket, it's long. It's a long game. And so you sit there for a while, but it gets to the point in cricket where you know technically your team can win. There's enough balls that are going to be bowled and enough runs or scores, if you're not cricket savvy, uh, that can be made for them to win. But it gets towards the end and you start to think technically they could, but my hope that they will is struggling just a little bit. Technically, they can. Basically, they can't. And if you're not a sports person, maybe you can uh, relate to my, uh, my interpretation of Lotto. Now, we're going to steer away from the whole gambling side for a second and just think logically, technically, I could win. But the chances of that is like millions to one so me personally, I'm probably just not going to bother. 
because I know I can, but I'm not so sure I will. And it drives us into a place of inaction or just we don't believe or maybe we even get disappointed. And if we don't have hope in our lives, it has the exact same effect. So we can believe, come to church week in, week out and believe God can, but struggle to believe that he will. And then that stops us from even entering into his courts and saying, God, I need you to move because we just don't think he will because we don't have hope. See, what I'm here to tell you tonight is he not only can, but he will. And it doesn't matter what disappointments you've faced or or what's happened in the past or what you think may happen in the future. God not only can, but he will move in your life. We have the opportunity to come and to ask him to move because he will. He will. It's not enough just to believe he can. We must also, based on our faith that he can, believe that he will. See, that's the essence of hope. And hope isn't wishful thinking. It's it's an active expectation in the certainty of God and the understanding of where we sit in his eyes. See, there's a faith component. We need the faith to know where we sit in his eyes as children of God. And through that, we can start to believe that he will. He will. How can we be sure of this? Well, Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 to 11 says this. You parents, talking about prayer. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So you sinful people who know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? That's something to get excited about. Because if we understand that we're adopted in children of God, and then we start to allow our hope to build an expectation that He not only can, but He will, then that's when things start to shift in our worlds. Our faith creates the platform for hope, and hope makes the way for him to move in our lives. In the sovereignty of God, he will act according to his will and his timing, but we're invited to ask. We're invited to ask. We've given permission to hope. Now, I want to put in a little sort of caveat here, because... When we look at the fact that hope is built on faith, that by definition would say that faith is not built on hope. I want to unpack that a little bit. Basically, that means that we can't have, if you don't do this, I won't believe in you, fine print at the bottom of our faith contract. That means if God doesn't, and and we expect that he will, and if he doesn't, if he does, or if it doesn't happen like we want it to, now we don't believe because. It's like, no, 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 because hope is built on faith. Faith comes first. Faith is unchanging. You can see examples uh, throughout Scripture of people who had stuff not go their way. They might have even been offended when Jesus was preaching and He started talking about, eat my flesh, drink my blood. It got crazy. First of all, that crowd came to him and said, hey, you fed everyone yesterday, feed me today. 
if you do that, then we'll know who you are. It's like, no, no, there's no if. Faith comes first. And then he sort of turned up the stakes a little bit and said, well, okay, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And we're like, whoa. And they all left. Then he turned around to his disciples as if to say, aren't you going too? And then they turned around to him and said, well, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. See, that is faith. That's the understanding that he can. And when you build hope on top of that, that's when things start to shift in our world. Faith is a revelation of where we sit in the eyes of God, that we are made new, adopted in, in a real close relationship with the Father. When we understand that, then we are free to hope and declare that he not only can move in our lives, but will move in our lives. See, what are the things hoped for? Very uh, quickly, I just want to throw out a couple of things in Scripture where this word hope, the same word that's used at the start of uh, Hebrews is actually used throughout the New Testament. And I want to point out some of the things that we have given permission to hope for. Now, this is by no means an, an exhaustive list, but I feel like it encapsulates a few things that tonight God wants to bring restoration to. Things to start hoping for. It's the start of a new year. That's fantastic. But regardless of the day, sometimes, as Pastor Alex says, that stuff just gets carried into the new year, gets carried into the new day. But his mercies are new every morning, and we have the permission to hope that he will move, to expect that he will move. And tonight, I believe that there are people who are going to be healed from disappointments that have haunted you for years I believe that at the start of this new year that there's a resurgence of hope in this year, whether it's family members who aren't close uh, uh, to God right now, but you know they should be and they need to be, and your heart is breaking for them, then tonight, regardless of how much you think they won't, and I know God can, but I just don't think he, you know, it's like, no, that has to shift now, because you are the one that's called to stand in the gap between them and God and, and intercede that God would move, that his spirit would move in their lives it might be a health thing that you just you just can't shake or a family member just can't shake and you don't know what to to do and the reports keep coming thick and fast and we need to hope again we need to hope again church so these three things very quickly to live with as a conviction and a belief that God in his perfect timing is not only able to move but he will move. The first one is this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 8 to 11. Apostle Paul says this, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never get through it. In fact, we, thought, uh, we expected to die. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God, who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. I love that. We have placed our confidence, or that word again in the Greek is, we have placed our hope in him, and he will continue to rescue us. The confidence we thought we were going to die, and he got us through it. He will do it again because our God not only can, but he will. 
So the first thing we see demonstrated is here is we can hope to be protected and delivered. We can hope to be protected and delivered. Not only from mortal danger, but the worries and anxieties of this world that try to pull us down, who try to rob us of that hope. See, why does the enemy attack hope? Because hope is the thing, the tool that actually gets things done. Because it's in that confidence when we stand up and declare God will, then we start to see something begin to shift. We can believe he can, but that doesn't really get much going. We need to believe that he will. So when we pray, we pray with conviction. So when we believe, we believe with conviction that he not only can, but he will. It changes the game, church. We can hope to be protected and delivered. The second one is this. We can hope for his provision. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, again, Paul says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. That's that word hope again, not to hope in their money which is so unreliable. Their trust, their hope should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. God is our provider. God is our provider. And this was probably one of the ones that I struggled with the most growing up. I'm just like, I just want that cash in the letterbox that everyone keeps talking about they're getting. And why isn't it coming to me? But look, I tell you, church, I honestly tell you over the last couple of years, uh, Lenita and I getting married and buying a house, renovations and everything else that comes along with that. I have seen God over and over again come through in crazy, miraculous ways. Now, me saying that isn't for you to sit there and say, well, why isn't it happening to, happening to me? No. What it is is an encouragement to you to say, yes, he can. Now you need to believe that he will. There are people in this room who you look at your bank account, and I know because I've been there, you look at your bank account just waiting for it to bounce up because you just don't know how things are going to go next week. If you're in that place in this room, then I'm not only giving you permission to, to believe that he can, I'm encouraging you to start to believe that he will. That he will. Now, I'm going to finish with this because I, I want to pray for people tonight. In 1 Peter 1.13, it says this, So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Look forward to, hope for. That word hope again. So the third thing that we can hope for is we can hope for the fulfillment of his promises. God fulfills his promises. Here in 1 Peter, we have um, Peter saying, look, he will come back. And in that, we have our ultimate hope. But even above that, God is a promise keeper. God is a promise keeper. And there are things... that people in this room have held on to as promises and it just feels like it's been so long, just so long. And, and I, can, I can feel in this room there's, there's just broken hearts of disappointment. God is saying no more. 
The enemy will not rob you of hope. We need to make a stand, church, and not just say that we believe that he exists and we believe that he can do all these things. You personally in this room need to grab hold of some of this stuff tonight and start to claim that he will. Start to claim that he will. Because our faith builds the platform for our hope and our hope builds the platform for him to move in our lives. Church, regardless of how things were or how things are, you need to hope again. You need to hope again. You need to hope again. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.